You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. This morning I want to share on what we call what? Mercy said no. Somebody say mercy said no. Yes. That's what we're going to talk about. Let's pray this morning. Father, we just bless your name. We glorify you. We give you praise for this day. A day that we celebrate your mercy. Yes, we celebrate your mercy all the time. But this particular day, we decide to set aside. To express our gratitude for who you are for who you have been, and for what you have been doing in our lives. I thank you for every single one here. I know that the fact that they are here is proof. It's proof that the enemy did not prevail in their lives. It's proof, Lord God, that you are merciful. Thank you, Lord. As we go into your word, Lord, I ask that you will anoint every ear, anoint every heart, anoint my lips, possess me, Lord, and speak through me this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I want us to start by looking at the scripture. Let's start from the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. In Ephesians chapter 2. I'll read from verse 1. He says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Okay? In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works among the sons of disobedience. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Verse 4, look at the contrast. Say, but God. God. I can't hear you. Hallelujah. But God who is what? Rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. This was all a demonstration of the mercy of God. It says, but God. He starts, he starts by, by talking about who we were. Right? Our condition before. We were dead in trespasses. We were dead in sins. Alright? We were fulfilling the loss of the flesh. 
the desires of the sinful nature, we were without mercy. We were without mercy living our lives according to the cause of this world and according to the spirit of the age. Satan will speak and we would obey. We could not resist his instructions. Are you following me? So when Satan says jump, you say how high, sir? That was the life we were living until mercy found us. Until mercy found us and mercy said no. Mercy said no more will you be a slave to sin. No more will you be living a hopeless life. No more are you going to be destined to hell. And mercy stepped in. Mercy stepped in and began to speak over your life. Mercy spoke. Many people don't understand the mercy of God. The Bible says in verse 4, But God who is what? Rich in mercy. His mercy is abundant. Oh, God is a just God. He's a righteous God. But he's a merciful God. If you read Exodus chapter 20, where he begins to tell us about the Ten Commandments, I think it's verse, verse 5 or verse 6. Let's, let's go there. Exodus chapter 20. It says, You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. So that is God. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is God. But look at the next verse, verse 6. Look at what it says. Ha, come on. Somebody say, but showing mercy. Showing mercy to thousands. It's not thousands of people. No, thousands of generations. You see, when it comes to punishing iniquity, it is to the third and the fourth generation. But when it comes to mercy, it's for thousands of generations. That's how rich he is in mercy. In other words, as he dispenses mercy, he never runs out. Never runs out. For thousands of generations, his mercy is still flowing. It's still flowing. And that is why you are still alive. That is what kept you alive. Satan set a trap against you. Satan decided and said, no, today I got you. But mercy said no. Mercy stepped in. And God says, I'm still merciful for thousands. I show my mercy to thousands of generations. Thousands of generations. And this generation is still alive because of the mercies of God. Hallelujah. I want you to know that Sodom and Gomorrah didn't do as much as our generation. Are you following me? Yeah, God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. He sent fire and brimstone and consumed them. Up to now, you go to the Middle East, you see there in the Dead Sea, that's where Sodom and Gomorrah was. 
the most salty place. There's no sea like the Dead Sea. But that is where Sodom and Gomorrah was. But today, because of his mercies, mercy is saying no, no. God wants to destroy, but his mercy is saying no. Hallelujah. Judgment wants to come, but mercy says no, no, no. Yeah. Mercy is speaking over your life. That is why the devil has not prevailed against you. But for the mercies of God, I'm telling you, we will be finished. We will be finished. Look up. I I want you to know that if we don't understand the mercy of God, there are aspects of God we will not enjoy. I don't think there's anybody that deserves to be alive here. Nobody. Yeah. There are some of you, some of you, you don't even deserve the people you have in your life. There are some people that are embodiments of God's mercy to you. God planted them into your life to show mercy to you. Your spouse might be an embodiment of God's mercy. I'm telling you. But you don't know. Because you don't know the ways of God. We read that scripture in Psalm 103. Where it says he showed his ways to Moses. His ways to Moses. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I believe in the mercy of God. I believe in the mercy of God. And you better believe in it as well. And if you want to walk in God's mercy, you need to also learn to be merciful to people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. The Bible says in the book of Matthew, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful. Come on. Are you there? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Matthew 5, 7. Let's read it together. Come on. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. You know what mercy is? Many people don't understand the difference between mercy and grace, right? Now, grace is you receiving what you don't deserve. All right? You've heard of unmerited favor. Some people define grace as unmerited favor. Some people define grace as God's riches at Christ's expense. I also like to define grace as undeserved ability. Amen? Yeah, the wisdom you have, the skill that you have, is not because you deserve it. It's grace working inside yeah, you. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. You understand? Yeah. That's grace. Because the, 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 the Greek word for grace is charis, which is where we get the word charismata, and that is the word for the gifts of the Spirit. 
So when God engraces us, when he empowers us, when he enables us, he says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That's a, 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 that's a, a, a manifestation. That's the workings of grace. Hallelujah. And that's why you need grace every day. And that's one of the reasons why the enemy distorts grace so that people don't access the ability to live the Christian life because the Christian life is lived by grace. But mercy is different. Mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. Hallelujah. When you deserve to be punished, you deserve to be killed, you deserve to be banished. But mercy steps in and says no. Mercy says no. Look, you remember the woman who was caught in adultery in John chapter 8? She was caught in adultery and they brought this woman to Jesus. Let's look at John chapter 8 from verse 1. It says, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Yes. Now early in the morning he came again into the temple and all the people came to him and sat down. Uh, he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. Yeah. Yes? Mm-hmm. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Yeah. All right? Now, they are quoting Moses. Now, Moses in the law commanded us, That such should be stoned. But what do you say? (laughs) This is what the law stipulates. For this kind of crime, she should be stoned to death. And we are witnesses that she's guilty of this crime. How many people have ever committed adultery alone? Come on. Have you, have you heard of that before? Adultery, is this something you do alone? So where is the other party? That's my question. Because if you caught her in the very act, who is the other one? You should have caught that one too and brought him to, to Jesus. <laughs> my suspicion is that it must be one of them. in the very act this is what the law says she must be killed and I want you to know that religion is not merciful yeah religion is not merciful when religion catches you Yo, yo, yo. These guys, these were Pharisees. These were religious people. These were experts in the law. They understood the law of Moses. They knew what the law said. But look at how Jesus handles them. I, like, I love Jesus. Look at it. Then they said, the, this they said, testing him. That he might have something of which 
that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground. Jesus just went down. They're talking. And he's writing. He wrote on the ground with his fingers as though he did not hear. He's writing. <laughs> Is it okay for me to have suspicion? To suspect what he's writing. <laughs> the Bible is silent about it, okay? But allow my sanctified imagination to work. <laughs> so he was writing. And maybe he was writing, maybe he listed their names. He was writing their names. <laughs> Wrote their names down, all of them. All right? And when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, you know, he has written their names. <laughs> Among all of you. Come on. Among all of you. He who is without sin. Let him throw the first stone. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. The one that is without sin. Take the first stone. Because according to the law of Moses, right? If you are caught, the person to throw the first stone is the person that caught you. The witness. The first witness throws the first stone. So, if you are without sin, go for it. You that were part of this and you went to bring your friends to implicate this woman and try to trap me so that you have something with which to accuse Jesus. Somebody say, mercy said no. Hallelujah. So Jesus. Look at what he says. Next verse. Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. He that is without a sin. Cast the first stone. Then he stoops down and he's writing again. Maybe now he's writing their sins. Huh? John Bull. Guilty of huh? Alexander Knox. This is your huh? Yeah. Then the next verse. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. <laughs> All these details are important. From the oldest of them. The chiefest of them has the most sin. The oldest has lived longer and has a ha the accumulation of sin. So he left first. And the last one, the youngest, has less sin because he has lived less years. <laughs> Hallelujah. They all left. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. The woman was still standing there. She knew she was guilty. She didn't, I mean, she didn't deny the fact. She was guilty. She was guilty. But look at the next verse. Then Jesus, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Where are they? Where are the people? Where are the people accusing you? Where are the people that are accusing you? In their little corners, accusing you. Saying things about you. Where are they now? 
You know, there's a point where they will not be able to stand in God's presence. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Then Jesus asks, has no one condemned you? You mean none of them has been able to condemn you? And the next verse, look. She said, no one, Lord. (laughs) And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Hallelujah. Mercy said no. Hallelujah. Mercy says, I know you're guilty. But if you are repentant, No judgment. Mercy says no. And that's why you're still alive. And I'm telling you, you better be merciful. There are many Christians in hell today because they lack mercy. They lack mercy. They will not forgive other people. Yeah, people deserve to be treated in a particular way because of their wickedness and all of that. But if you are reaching mercy as God is reaching mercy, you will say no. Even though this person deserves to be treated this way, I won't because I'm learning from my father. I'm learning from my father. So I will say no, I'm not going to mete out any judgment on this person. Hallelujah. And when you do that, when you live that kind of life, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. When you, when you are merciful to people, there is a blessing that is released into your life. There's a blessing that is released into your life, and not only that, you also receive mercy. You receive mercy when you are merciful. Hallelujah. How many people want the mercy of God in their lives? Then learn to be merciful. Don't be quick to condemn people. Don't be quick to write people off. Are you following me? Yes, I know sometimes people are wicked. Some of them are possessed by devils. Yeah, I'm telling you. Some of them are doing those things because they are possessed. But if you will allow the love of God to manifest in your life, it will be easy to be merciful. The mercy of God flows out of his love. It flows out of his love. And that's why when you look at Lamentations, in the book of Lamentations, many people don't know there's a book like that, but, you know, it doesn't mean you should lament, but, you know, yeah. Like the other time, somebody was talking about the book of Hesitations. And I'm wondering, what, what book is that? The book of Hesitations. There's no such book as the book of hesitations, okay? So, Lamentations chapter 3. In the book of Lamentations, this is a book written by Jeremiah. Jeremiah is popularly known as the weeping prophet because he used to weep a lot. (laughs) Amen? Lamentations chapter 3, and uh, let's read verse 22. Lamentations 3.22, okay? It says, through the Lord's mercies. Can you see that? We are not what? Consumed. Can you see? 
We're not consumed in his anger. Let's read it in the Amplified. How does it, how does it put it? Amplified Bible. It says, it is because of the Lord's mercy and loving kindness that we are not consumed. Can you see? That is why you're still alive today. It's his mercy. It's his mercy. It's not your smartness. I know you're smart. It's okay. But your smartness is not enough. Yeah, it's his mercy. It's his mercy. Even that job you're enjoying, it's his mercy. You don't deserve that deal. It's his mercy. Okay, it says, because of his tender, he says, because his tender compassions fail not. You see, that is why in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, love never fails. His compassion fail not. There's a song we used to sing in those days. Those of you who are old timers, you know this song. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. New every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. Come on. Yeah, his steadfast love never ceases. Never, never. It means forever. The psalmist says his mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. And your mercy needs to endure as well. Your mercy needs to endure. For your brother, for your sister, your mercy needs to endure. Don't write people off. That's merciless. You can go to hell for that. I'm telling you. It doesn't matter how prayerful you are. It doesn't matter how zealous you are. It doesn't matter how committed you are. If you are merciless, you deserve no mercy. You deserve no mercy. So be merciful to people. So that you can enjoy the mercies of God. And enjoy the mercies of God. Let's look at the next verse. Verse 23. Look at what it, it says. Through the Lord's mercies. What is this? Okay. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Talking about his mercies. So every morning when you wake up, there is an allocation of mercy. Hallelujah. So when you wake up, you say, Lord, I position myself for the allocation of your mercies for today. And you also need to have an allocation of mercy for people. So when you wake up in the morning, I don't care what you do. I have forgiven you in advance. I know what I've gone through with people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. Even as a pastor, what I have gone through with church people, I know. But guess what? I have forgiven in advance. 
Okay? In fact, you are forgiven. You don't even need to say, I'm sorry. You are forgiven. Till Jesus comes, you are forgiven. Yeah, I give you a credit of forgiveness. Forgiveness credit. Come on. Do you, li- do you like that? You like forgiveness credit? You receive forgiveness credit. You are forgiven, okay? Yes, you are forgiven. Even if you stab my back, you are forgiven. The other day, God showed me somebody talking and saying some things about me. That person is forgiven. I've forgiven the person. It's okay. I'm forgiven. Hallelujah. Yeah, I can't go to hell because of you. <laughs> you are not worth it. Hallelujah. So because of that, I've forgiven you. Come on, turn to someone and say, I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you in advance. I forgive you in advance. Come on, in advance. I know you are smiling right now. Tomorrow you might stab me, but I forgive you. I forgive you. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. It's lack of forgiveness that hurts many people's prayers. It's lack of forgiveness, lack of mercy that hinders people from walking in God's blessings. I'm telling you, lack of mercy. Many people's prayers are hindered. It's like the Bible says in, 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 in first, first Peter chapter 3, talking about husbands and wives. And he says, husbands, treat your wives. I think it's verse 6 where he says, uh, deal with them according to knowledge, knowing that she's a weaker vessel, that your prayers be not hindered. And my authority in this house must be felt. Who is contesting? Who is contesting with you? Who? Who? Nobody wants to be the president of that house. Come on. It's yours, okay? It's yours. Whatever. Come on. Just chill. Hallelujah. Okay, verse 7. Thank you. It says, husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding. Giving honor to the wife. As to the what? Weaker vessel as being heirs together of the grace of life. Can you see? Because both of you have partaken of grace. So you need to be aware of that. Come on, somebody say shikabaha. Uh, hallelujah. <laughs> you don't know what to say. <laughs> That's okay. Yes. Look at what he says, that your prayers may not be hindered. You're looking for a perfect wife. Go to heaven. You won't find one on earth. There's none. Come on. There is none on earth. Even you are not perfect. But for the mercy of God, you won't even have that wife. So humble yourself and enjoy God's blessing. <laughs> Say, Pastor, you were preaching well until now. Huh? Everything was going well. Now you are dabbling into things that I don't even know what, what's causing you to say these kind of things. 
It's mercy that is being extended to you. So that your prayers will not be hindered. You are fasting, you are praying, you are asking God for things, but yet you cannot be merciful. What kind of a devil is that? What possessed you? Cast it out. Amen? Let's be merciful to each other. Let's be merciful. Let's be merciful. That's what the kingdom is about. The kingdom is about mercy. Mercy endures forever. Offense will not endure forever. Sin will not endure forever. But mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Somebody say, mercy said no. Mercy said no. Yes. Yes. I was listening to that song. Mercy said no this morning. I listened to it again and again and again and again. And I'm like, oh Lord, thank you for your mercy. If your mercy did not say no, I don't know where I'll be now. Uh, I have been so dumb many times. I have, you know, made some dumb decisions many times that actually gave the devil the right to take me out. But for your mercy. But for your mercy, hallelujah. And mercy stood and said, no, you can't touch this one. You can't touch this one. It was mercy. It was mercy. You, you know, one of, I discovered one of the secrets of David's success. It was mercy. That's why he sang so much about mercy. mercy. David was preserved by mercy. Do you know that David never lost a battle for his entire life? Every battle he fought, he won. Because mercy was on his side. Mercy was on his side. Hallelujah. In Isaiah 55 verse 3, we see there that God talks about the, his mercies to David. The prophet Isaiah is speaking. He says, incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. And what is that covenant? The show mercies of who? Of David. Hallelujah. He calls it the show mercies of David. This is God's mercy. He has now attached his mercy to David. Can you imagine that? And David is like, you know, he said, oh, David, David did this, David did that. So what? God made a covenant of mercy with David. Saul didn't have a covenant of mercy. He was not like David. He was not a man after God's heart. He was not the kind of man that would say, Oh God, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me, Lord. I'm so sorry. Oh no, I won't do it again. Oh God, have mercy on me. No, 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 no. Saul says, You know, you need to you need to honor me before the people. 
I have sinned, yes, but uh, you know, let the people know that. Dignify me before the people. He's not thinking about God. He's not thinking about his image before God. He's, how God perceives him. He's not thinking about that. He's only thinking of how the people perceive him. Meanwhile, David, the prophet comes to him and says, You have sinned. You deserve to die. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh, my father. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how he wrote some, some I think, is it 51? Yeah. Mercy. He, he's quick to repent. And he's a man that is always worshiping God. Always. He's loving God. You see, if you want to enjoy the mercy of God, you need to love God. More than anything. Love God more than your job. Love God more than your spouse. Love God more than your children. Love God more than your, your, your husband, your wife. Love God more, more than your parents. Love God more than your life. Because that is how to enjoy the mercy of God. David was not a perfect man. Neither are you, neither am I. Are you understanding? But guess what? What will make us stand out distinctly is if we love God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Many people love themselves more than their neighbors. They love themselves more than God. James chapter 2. In James chapter 2, let's read from verse 12. James chapter 2 verse 12. Let's read this in the Amplified. See what it says. So speak and so act as people should who are to be judged under the law of liberty. The moral instruction given by Christ. Especially about love. Can you see? So, when you are dealing with people, deal with them as someone that will be judged by the law. What law is that? Law of liberty. Not the law of bondage. Religion has the law of bondage. Do you understand? But there is what is known as the law of liberty. And if you want to be judged, when you stand before God, if you want to be judged by the law of liberty, then learn to love people. Even your enemies deserve your love. Maybe they don't deserve it, but give it to them anyway. Out of mercy, as an act of mercy, demonstrate love to your enemies. What can you do to love your enemies? Buy them good gifts. Spoil them. <laughs> uh, come on. You know that person at work, yeah, right? You know that person at work that is scheming against you. You need to plan a mercy bomb. Shoot a mercy missile. Hallelujah. Let a mercy missile hit that person. Boom. I love the Lord. 
Look at verse 13. Okay. All right. So he says, For judgment is without mercy for who? To the one who has shown no mercy. Can you see? Yeah, yeah. So when you go, you commit an offense, we have an advocate here. Okay. So you go there and you are guilty. Right? You are guilty. Everything has been, uh, you, you, the case has been heard. Everything, and it, it's now clear that you are guilty. And then you turn to the judge and you say, Please, let justice be meted out to me with mercy. You know that it makes a difference? Am I correct? Does it make a difference? It does, right? Because the, the, the judge can give you the harshest sentence. But it's also at the discretion of the judge. Am I correct? To say, okay, fine. You deserve this. But I can see some remorse in you. I can see that there is a sign. That your conscience has been pricked and affected by this. And so because of that, I give you a lighter sentence. So you see, in that sense, justice has been meted out. But mercy has been extended. Do you understand? Yeah. So he is saying, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. So the person who says, no. And say, Please be merciful to me. No. It's like the, 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 the parable of the, the, the unforgiving servant. Right? Jesus, Jesus talked about it. How he, he, he owed his master what he could not pay in his entire lifetime. Right? He could not pay that. Even his children working will still not pay it. But the master forgave him. And then he went out and saw somebody owing him 10,000 rands. And he arrested the person, locked him up. The person is begging, please, please. Meanwhile, he has been forgiven a debt of 2 billion. So the master was angry. And that's how he was locked up. That's what many people are doing today. So because they are not merciful, judgment without mercy will be theirs. Are you serious? Can, can, you, see what I'm, can you see what the Bible is saying? This is serious. Touch someone and say, I think he's talking to you. You're afraid. You're afraid. I can see that. You're afraid. Come on. Touch someone. Say, I think he's talking to you. Come on. Yeah. Yes, but look at the next part. Come on, I love this. Look at the, the, next, the next part. He says what? Mercy triumphs over judgment. Hallelujah. Mercy triumphs over judgment. God's mercy is more powerful than his judgments. You deserve to be judged, but mercy says no. God places mercy. 
above judgment. And mercy defeats judgment. Hallelujah. It triumphs over judgment. Let's read that in the Amplified. The last part. Come on. Look at what the Bible says. He says, but mercy, full of glad confidence, exalts graciously over judgment. Victoriously over judgment. That is God's mercy. God's mercy, that it's the mercy of God that delivered the Israelites from Egypt. It was mercy. Those guys, they, they had forgotten God. They had forgotten God. Mercy just came, boom, and began to fight their battles. So mercy will cause God to fight for you. Just like he fought for David. He says, blessed be the Lord, my rock. Who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Hallelujah. It was God's mercy that made him to bend the bow of steel. It was mercy at work. God's mercy that was able to grab the lion with his bare hands. He tore the thing. That is mercy in operation. Hallelujah. He got the bear. Do you know how strong a bear is? My, oh my. You need to go and research. Go, go, go and research the strength of a bear. Oh my word. It is so strong. It is so strong. I read, I read uh, no, I think I was watching a documentary where they were, they were, they measured the strength of a bear. Oh my word. But the covenant of mercy, the sure mercies of David, the sure mercies of David, the covenant that God made with David. He got it and grab, shred the thing to pieces and rescued the lamb. Mercy. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you must never, never look at the mercy of God cheaply anymore. From now on, you need to appreciate the mercy of God. Mercy said no. That's why you are here. Mercy said no. That's why you are alive. Mercy said no. That's why you are not consumed. Even the wrath of God, the anger of God, he put his mercy just to control his anger. <laughs> That's why in the Old Testament you see that in the Ark of the Covenant, they have a seat called the Mercy Seat. The Mercy Seat. So every year, the high priest has to bring the blood of the animal and put it on the Mercy Seat. So that God can, from that place, look at the sins of Israel and say, no. No judgment. Mercy said no. Come on. Mercy said no. He looked down from the mercy seat and he says, no. No, you are going to live. You are not going to be destroyed. You are going to live. You will prevail against your enemy. Why? Mercy is still speaking. And it is saying, no. No. Nobody can take your life. Nobody has a right to victimize you. Why? Because the mercy of God is speaking over your life. And I declare the mercy of God over your life.
I declare the mercy of God over your family this morning. I declare the mercy of God over your children. I declare the mercy of God over your future. The mercy of God. The mercy of God. The mercy of God. The mercy of God. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Yes, you have done wrong, but mercy says no. Mercy says no. Mercy says no. Mercy says you will not get what you deserve. You will not get the punishment you deserve because the mercy of God is still speaking over your life. Let's stand up on our feet. Come on. Let's appreciate the mercy of God. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.